Pastor Tim, you have a lot of potential. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it's great to be with you, even though it's a Labor Day weekend, which is the assignment I used to always give him as well. <laughs> with the, and it's not that I was numbers oriented, but I always wanted to know kind of what we were doing on a, you know, three-day weekend. So I'd have him call me with the number on Sunday afternoon <laughs> and either compliment him or berate him, basically, <laughs> based upon that. And so I thought it was a great honor and tremendous privilege that he would ask the old guy to come on a Labor Day weekend as well. So I appreciate you, Crossroads. I want to speak something into you, underscore what he said. Crossroads Community Church, your best days are yet ahead. Your best days are ahead. I speak that into you. Your best days are not behind. They are ahead. The best days of your life are ahead of you. Don't let the enemy bring disappointment and discouragement into your life to make you think the best has, has bypassed you or gone. Your best days are ahead. My best days are ahead. Say that with me. My my best days are ahead. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. See, this was a framework after Jesus' ascension. It's recorded by Luke, who was not there. And I say that to underscore the idea that Luke is describing something that is spiritual and internal. Now, we've made it to be theatrical and dramatic, but it's only dramatic in the sense of the transformation of the heart. I believe that subsequent to our contact with God through Jesus, that there is a next level step for us to take. And that's the step where the Spirit of Christ fully baptizes us with his presence. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk with you about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I want us to have a prayer when we end. Not one that's theatrical, any more than how I'm naturally dramatic, but I want it to be something that's very much internal. Because God travels faster than the speed of thought. And I want to give you this idea that he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit, but what you need to do is take your cup and turn it right side up. It came to me three weeks ago as we're waiting in Tel Aviv with 23 pilgrims who had endured quite a process to be able to get to the Holy Land with us. It's probably my main number one thing we do is 
take as many people as possible to visit at least 30 Christian sites in the Holy Land. And with this COVID thing, it became almost impossible. As a matter of fact, we were the last tour group in Israel. When we arrived, there were three. Within two days, there were two. And within another day, we were the, for the last three or four days, we were the only tour group left in Israel. And they are destitute and desperate to get their economy there rolling again, which the number one way to do that is through tourists. And they're restricted from allowing even vaccinated tourists into the state of Israel. But I had a group of 23 people that went through all these hoops. We got registered through three ministries, which is their governmental ministry, is their governmental departments. And, but there were two things that had to happen. Not only did we have to take the PCR, that deep swab lab test, and test negative for COVID three days before we got on the plane, we also had to take one at the Ben Gurion Airport. And Ben Gurion Airport looked like Baghdad. All these people in hazmat suits with those swabs to, you know, jab you in the nose. And then they would notify you on your status of the COVID test. And then we also had to board the bus, go to a lab, and get a blood test that was a serological test to determine whether we had told the truth about whether we had these COVID antibodies or not. So it's these two tests, and I've got 23 people, all 23 had to test negative on the PCR and positive on the serological, or even if one was positive or negative, all 23 of us would have to be isolated in our hotel rooms for 10 days and then fly home. So, I mean, that morning, it was the waiting. I hate waiting, especially on matters I have no control over. So God and I are having a talk. He's talking, I'm listening, because I'm desperate. I'm saying, God, I don't know why I was crazy enough to follow through with this, but this is all in your hands. And God said to me, that's exactly what I spoke to Joshua and Caleb. You know, when the, Moses sent the spies into Cana, the promised land, most of the spies came back and said there were giants in the land. It's too big for us to handle. But Joshua and Caleb came back and said, yeah, the giants are big, but we can do it. God wants us to say that I can't do it in my own strength, in my own self, but I can do all things through who strengthens me. It's the Spirit of Christ. It's the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Subsequent to your spiritual salvation, where we realize, and as I'm walking down from the Dan Hotel during this waiting time, we said, the, the, the 23 folks, let's just go down and wait on the beach of the Mediterranean. Okay, so yeah, you could have had a less picturesque and nice place to stay, okay? 
Um, I'm not sure we would have been able to spend 10 days on the beach, but it was fun for that few hours. But we were waiting, 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 and the Holy Spirit really moved on me with this idea that the waiting has to do with our reliance on the Holy Spirit. Everything in our lives has to do with reliance on the Holy Spirit. Now, spiritual salvation gives you the inheritance of eternal life. Baptism with the Holy Spirit gives you the power in God, not in yourself, to overcome whatever it is you need to overcome, to do what Pastor Tim talks about in becoming more and more like Jesus. You realize you can't do that in your own strength. There's some power that you need that's greater than yourself to become more and more like Jesus. And that power is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because God travels faster than the speed of thought, here's what came to me. This cup, because it's internal, is our heart. And the heart in the Bible and symbolically is your center of your life. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you. He's talking about our heart, our center. And this, my, my symbol of the cup is that idea that the heart, that the cup is my heart. It's the center of my life that needs to be filled to overflowing with the presence of God. Now, the difference is this. I have two comparables, but here's my main one. My very first church. I was 23 years old. God bless those good folks. I was determined to win every single person in the county to Jesus because that's where he planted me. So I found out, and it's a town of 2,200, I found out where the local spot was. Everybody congregated in the mornings. It was a little cafe down in their little downtown. And so I went down, and everybody was sitting in groups, and I didn't know anybody. And I knew better than, you know, a town of 2,200, and you're the new guy, you know, it's weird. It's just creepy to have somebody just pull themselves up at the table, right? Because everybody at the table is going to determine to hate them always. So I wanted to be careful. I went up to the, like, bar thing that they had, the individual stools cup was there. I didn't know, I was kind of watching, I didn't know what the setup was like, but in the back was an old gentleman all hunkered over the grill and a little lady talking to him. And this poor thing, she was very old, stooped over, but here she came with the coffee pot. Between where they kept the pies, you know, the cooler thing, where they keep the pies and the bar, here she comes. She's not looking up. She's going up. Excuse me. Let me start over again. I'm going too fast. <laughs> She's not looking up, down, sideways. Gets to the end of the bar. I mean, she's this far from me. I'm over here going, ah, ah, ah. She commences to fill everybody's cup and over there. She goes back around. 
I'm going. No, there she goes. Okay, so she goes back into the grill area, has a new fresh coffee pot. Out she comes again. Excuse me, I went too fast again. <laughs> I'm not making fun of her slowness. I'm used to it being around Dr. Royer all the time now. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> She's about there, I say, ma'am, can I have some coffee? Or it was more like, ma'am, can I have some coffee? Try not to be a spectacle. I know that's a shocker. <laughs> she responds, she moves the pot to this hand. Sonny, you want coffee in my joint, you gotta take your cup and put it right side up. That's when you're gonna get my coffee. <laughs> and then the light comes on, right? See, most of the time, we got the cup like that, complaining about how slow Jesus is moving. Hey, how many times have I asked for this? Or complaining? Hey, you know how many times I've prayed about that? Or over here, we're whining about, we pray, we pray, pray, pray for something, then we go over here and whine to our friends about the thing we just, you talk about neutralizing your own prayers. You pray and then complain? <laughs> you need to pray and then believe <laughs> and not doubt. Because if you believe and not doubt, it says it two ways in Scripture, right? With God, nothing is impossible, and in God, all things are possible. And all you need in your faith is as tiny as a grain of mustard seed, and you can say to the mountain of doubt, be thou removed and cast into the sea. That is impossible to do without the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Because you can work yourself up and work yourself up and working yourself up is good for what? Ten minutes? But when you take your cup of your heart and turn it right side up and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I heard that on that beach three weeks ago in Tel Aviv. That trust and faith only come as we take our cups and turn them right side up. Amen. Yeah, you're right. That is good preaching. Is it just you and me here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is good preaching, right? I'll tell you what, it's convicting though too, isn't it? Wow, I think about, I mean, I've just been through it for six months, dealing with 23 people trying to get them into a foreign country. Six, I had people from Portland, Oregon area. They were 8,500 miles from home. And we're sitting, waiting on something that's way beyond our control. So even I'm under conviction at some levels on that. When the day of Pentecost arrived, 
That's the concept of excitement. Pentecost was a festival that was celebrated seven weeks and a day after Passover. The Jews always believed in keeping the obedience of God first and foremost in everything they did. So they would, 50 days later, have a festival in Jerusalem where Jews would come from all over the world in a pilgrimage. And it coincided with this moment when they were all together. The idea of all together means, and, and this is a triad, they were all together. They were listening and they were attentive. In one place, the auto idea, that they were the idea of sameness or agreement. They agreed on what they agreed upon. Now, let's put those together then. They were listening, not talking. They were attentive, not distracted. They agreed on, on what they agreed upon. They did not agree to disagree. I mean, how many t what a cop-out in life that is. And I beg your pardon if, you's, if you've used that this week, if you've used that today with your spouse. I, I apologize for trouncing all over your toes because right now you probably have an elbow right into your ribs, right? You know, we use that all the time. We just agree to disagree. Why would you do that? If you agree to disagree, what's the thing you're always going to be talking about? And you don't really mean that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. We need to agree on what we agree on and talk about that. Especially if you want to be filled with the presence of God in your life, you need to listen because you can't talk and be listening too. You've ever been in a conversation with one of those people that asks you a question and they don't wait for the answer? Oh, yeah. Uh, Chuck Todd does that all the time on that Meet the Press. When he wants them to wrap it up, he, he starts saying, okay, okay, okay. He'll, he'll start low, you know, he'll ask a question and then wait about two seconds for the answer. And then he starts, okay, 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 would you shut up now? He doesn't really say that, but <laughs> you get the idea. He starts talking, which means, you know, we, we've got to go to commercial break. All I'm looking for is a sound bite. That's how we live our lives. And then not just that, we're just filled with opinion. I get pieces of paper people giving me about things to check out, you know, with all your conspiracy theories and all this and that. I don't know how we can chase down all these conspiracy theories and be really tuned into the Holy Spirit at the same time because we get distracted, not attentive. So we talk instead of listen, we're distracted, not attentive, and we disagree and live in disagreement rather than agreement with others. Where's that big amen on that? That was a pretty good one. It came up from over there. Yeah, right? Yeah. Listen, be attentive, be in agreement. Then the day of Pentecost will come. And suddenly, now that means unexpectedly, but why? <laughs> why aren't we more expectant? Why aren't we turning the cup and expecting the Holy Spirit to fill me up? It's because we got our, uh, let me answer that. Yeah, I didn't really mean for you to answer that. Let me answer that. Yeah, 
It was a facetious question. Let me answer. The reason is our expectation is on the wrong thing. Our expectation is on people. Boy, do we have a high standard for other people. Most of the time, it's a projection of our own failings. <laughs> I don't mean to get too close to home. We project on other people our own insecurities. So we expect more from others than we do from ourselves. Or we project what we expect and have failed on other people. And when we do that, we'll always live in disappointment. What we need to do is understand that if I'm going to turn my cup right side up, I need to take my expectation of people and bring it way down. Dial it way, way back. And then turn the dial up on what I expect from God. Because our expectation only comes through the baptism with the Holy Spirit. That's why I know our best days are yet ahead. Because our expectation is on God, not on men. There came from heaven. That idea of heaven is one of the Urana ideas. It means that what, what was happening was a starting point that would become eternal. That it was deeply spiritual and internal. A sound like a rushing, uh, a mighty rushing wind. Uh, wind in scripture is, always means change. Anytime you see that in the Bible, it means a, it's, it's a change. A powerful change is about to happen. And it filled the entire house. That's the Oikodama idea of domestic. It means it started with the hearts and then it flowed out of the individual hearts into the families or the home. And, and it flows out of one home into another home. That's the basic component by which God moves. He fills your heart to overflowing. And as you share your life. It doesn't have to be your words. It's your life with others. The Holy Spirit begins to fill those around you. And if you really are listening and attentive and in agreement, you really will not even have to say a word They were sitting. It's that idea that the Spirit of God came to them. They didn't go to it. He stands at the door of your heart and you knock. He's ready with the coffee pot. My responsibility is to quit turning him off. But turn my heart on. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them. And that idea of tongue was the idea what, and, and Luke's describing a very personal experience that happened to the people. And the description was it was like a sword flame of fire that pierced our hearts. And the purpose of that is to cleanse the heart of original sin. So that the vessel that God fills is purified and cleansed. And, and the idea of the sword, the flaming sword, is the idea that it sterilizes, cauterizes 
the wounds of your life. It cauterizes the wounds of your brokenness. Not only do we need to be cleansed, we need to be healed, right? Because we have a lot of baggage and brokenness from our past that need healed by the Holy Spirit. And that's all part of this process of what happens with the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Because that I, then the next concept is because he rested on each of them. That's the idea that he settled down and into them individually. See, I mean, there were 120 cups in that room that all turned their cup right side up on that day of Pentecost. But that experience was as individually based as your DNA is different from everybody else on the planet. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the Hagios Pneuma, the sacred presence, the sacred essence, Hagios Pneuma, the sacred essence. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How do I sum up glossolalia and someone who heard me preach this in the first service? I mean, I wasn't raised normally. I know that's not a surprise. I was raised in a rip-roaring, charismatic church. I went to a charismatic Bible college. So glossolalia did mean a prayer language. But I was sitting in Greek class with a profoundly bright Greek teacher first year. He only lasted one year or two. And I said... The glossolalia idea, tongues, is something that I really want to dive into. I want to find out what that means because it creates so much division. What is the evidence of the baptism with the Holy Spirit? And my Greek teacher pointed me back to Acts 1. You shall receive dunamis, power, after the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Greek word is martar. Martar, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth, that the evidence of the Holy Spirit baptism is a quickened boldness. So that's where I've adapted that glossolalia idea. What was it? Because what the people heard was something that praised God. And what is that? It's a quickening in your life. It's a quickening in your understanding of life. It's a quickening into the insights of life. It's a quickening in your communication in your life. How have we spent time in our life living without that? And it's as simple today as we come down here, and as I promised, I want to have this prayer together with you today. And I'm, I'm making it symbolic. That's why these, if you're here in the worship center... I have cups lining this stage. And if you're watching me via the internet, find a cup. Do it fast. Find a cup somewhere there because we're going to do this together. I want you to stand with me if you're here in the worship center. And bow your heads and close your eyes with me. I want us to have a prayer together because this is as simple as I'm making it today. 
It's the television evangelists that have made it so complex. It's not the Spirit of God. Let's simplify this today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Who would say, Pastor Mark, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in my life. And I don't want you to be nervous. I don't want you to be scared about this. But if you would say, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to slip your hand up all across this worship center. Yeah. Okay. Put your hands down. If you've got your hand up in the air, I want you to look up at me. If you're in the drive-in church, I want you to pay attention here. If you're online, I want you to find a cup just like this. Those of you that are looking up at me, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put one foot in front of the other. I want you to join me right down here in front and find one of these cups. See, they're all the way across here. Just make your way, even now. Start right now. If you're at the drive-in church, I want you to get out of your car. If you feel like you need to mask up, please do. But I want you to get out of your car. I want to hear the car door open. <laughs> And shut behind you, and I want you to make your way through that main door, and you'll see the foyer, you'll see the doors to this worship center. I want you to make your way in through here, and there are cups for you. Yeah, everybody that's come forward here, I want you to grab a cup. Leave it upside down for a minute. Would you do that? Leave it upside down for a minute. Probably should have told you that. Yeah, leave it upside down. We haven't blown the whole moment though, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to capture this. Because the devil wants you to believe when you go home that all you got is a cup. Yeah, make way for anybody else that makes their way on up here. Yeah. And what you need to do is I want you to keep this cup. You're going to keep this cup. And you're going to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Because on that Labor Day weekend, 2021, the Holy Spirit baptized me with his presence. And I'm living each day in that overflow. And when those days feel like they're trudging on, you need to go back to the cup and realize, now let's do it together. Realize that maybe I don't have the cup right side up. When those disappointments of expectation come, when those days that make you feel like my best days are behind me, not ahead of me, need, the Holy Spirit need, will nudge you and say, your cup is not right side up. Let's go to him in prayer now. Father, I just ask in Jesus' name that you would fill us to overflowing with your presence that you would baptize us with the hagios pneuma, the sacred presence, the sacred essence of the Spirit of Christ in our lives. Purge our hearts of original sin. Fill us with your presence, now and forevermore. And I guess because I want you not just to have this cup, but I want you to be able to remind the enemy that you prayed this prayer out loud. For those of you that have a cup in your hand right now, wherever you are, you got your cup in your hand. 
I want you to pray this prayer after me out loud. Dear Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your presence. Every day. Every moment of every day. Now and forevermore. Help me to live in the Holy Spirit. In your strength, not mine. In Jesus' name. And we said together, amen. Keep that cup right side up. Make your way back to where you are. Dr. Carlos, thank you for being with us today. Why don't you lead us in this last worship song and let's sing this together.